Hi, my name is Danny Callow. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Tubani Resources, a TSXV listed company, soon to be listed on the ASX. We have a great flagship project in Southern Mali, the Kabada project, already delineated 3.2 million ounces of resource and around 1.25 million ounces of reserve. We have a up-to-date definitive feasibility study as of late last year, which shows a 100,000 ounce a year mine for 10 years and um, plenty of exploration upside, which I think we'll get to talking about a little bit later on. Uh, I'm very excited to be back here. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, Danny, good to see you again. Been a long time. You've been trying to get a few things over the line, not least of all uh, listing on the ASX. Nearly there? Nearly there. It's been a long, long slog. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of paperwork required, but I think we're we're one or two weeks away from hopefully listing, and then we can get out there and, 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 and grow the investor base. Right. Okay. As, as if that's not hard enough, uh, pretty strong headwinds for precious metals uh, the last year. Um, last time we talked, we were talking about coups in, coups in Mali, all sorts of activity in, in Western Africa more broadly. Gold price, a lot of pressure, downward pressure, I think even at 1620 uh, last week, um, and inflationary environments. So with all of that backdrop, and a September 2021 DFS, you're slightly changing strategy. Why is that? Yeah, I think I think all of the things that you said, Matthew, do take a, a bit of a hit on, on on being able to go out there and market um, the company to raise 170, 180 million US. Um, we've had a lot of very good discussions, but I think a lot of pressure from some of the Australian investors to to really put the drills back in the ground and see what what else we've got. Um, we believe that we have probably still got 50 kilometers of shear zones to drill. Um, we've laid out a very aggressive uh, drill program on the back of this IPO and, and raise. And I think that we should see some really good news coming out on, on strike extension, especially. So focus first is on extending the strike and showing that this thing is bigger than a five kilometer strike. Then we can go back in later and fill that in and, and grow the resource quite substantially. And I, I, I really believe that over the next 12 to 24 months, I think we'll see a sizable increase in resource. Right. But let, let, let's explain this to people because I, I think it's important. I want to understand, I guess, lots of your current shareholders and anyone looking in might want to explain it. 10 million market cap company, okay, Canadian, Canadian, Oz, dollar, you know, track each other quite nicely. Um, you've got a DFS from September last year. You've got 3 million ounces, in fact, 1.2 million ounce reserve in there as well, in, t- in terms of the um, ore. Um, it's already got the scale that you want, um, but you're just finding it hard to raise the money or find a kind of alternative financing to allow you to raise the money to actually try and get into production? Because we've seen that model at work elsewhere. Yeah, I, look, I think I think if uh, if we really, really tried hard enough, we would find somebody to, to, to loan us the money, but at, at what cost and whether that would be acceptable to the, the existing shareholders. Um, we do have some really good institutions on board now out of Australia. Their preference has been in the last six months to really focus back on the ground. Drilling is a relatively cheap way of adding um, value to a project because you can bring a lot of ounces in. We're very fortunate that we have a lot of low-hanging fruit there that we can bring in quite easily, and we have this opportunity to grow the strike quite substantially. So I, I think, Matthew, for me, it's a head down. Um Really focus on looking at a re-rate here. Um, you know, it, it's 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 very sad to say, but we're currently sitting at about 
four dollars uh, EV to resource sounds versus our peers in in Mali even that are sitting at twenty to twenty five. So even if you just have a look at a a re-rate based upon EV to total resource, we we are probably five to six times without doing anything. What I think we have done though is develop a really great baseline. So we have, as you say, three million ounces of resource, one point two five million reserve. We're fully permitted. We have a DFS in place, so we know that this gold treats very easily through a process plant. And every ounce that we now add to that will significantly add to the value. Is, is, is that your boys drilling in the background? <laughs> no, it's, it's a very convenient uh, recycling truck that's just pulled up outside my house. So, ah, so fantastic. <laughs> who, who, never, who never take any of my bins because I haven't worked out what day they're supposed to be on yet. But anyway. So yeah. Okay. Well, like, 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 I want to I wanna dig into it because I don't want people to kind of, sort of walk past this and, and find reasons to discount it. Okay. Look, the, 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 the DFS, you know, let's at today's gold prices, it would be sitting at a sort of pre-tax of around 40 45% um, after tax IRR of 35 38%. It's kind of okay, but I don't know what, you know, what the, which is fine on price, but the inflationary component, September is a year ago. It's not recent, right? So, is that what the market is looking at you and saying, well, look, clearly those margins are going to have been squeezed here. And this is really a play on the price of gold when it recovers, which yeah. one hopes it does. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, you know, like, I, like, like I've said before, I think the DFS is, is good the day you publish it and thereafter everything, everything is, is variable. Um, the one thing we did do in the DFS where we were quite conservative on a number of number of costs and we also put quite a big range of sensitivity in so i think we, we're still comfortable that if you look at the sensitivities we're still in the ballpark but but absolutely i mean one of the things that i have said to a lot of people is you know we are maxed out on the gold reserve that we have and the and the production that we have the more ounces that you add the more flexibility that you add you can start to play around with throughputs on the plant you can start to bring in higher grade stuff early so I think that by adding additional ounces, it's not necessary that we're going to go for more than 100,000 ounces a year, although we might. We're not looking to extend the mine life more than 16 years, but ultimately we have that flexibility to play around with the optimization on the mine plan to get sort of more upfront ounces, more steady ounces over a longer period. And, you know, if you have a look at some of our peers in the market that have been quite successful in that, Tieto is a good example. So they started off similar to us at about a 3 million ton per annum throughput plant, they, they ramped it up to four and a half million as they grew their resource ounces. And all of a sudden, they've got a very different looking model. So I, I think that the, the, the beauty here is, is that we have a great baseline. You know, we're pretty de-risk. We know that whatever gold we take out, we can treat through a process plant that's pretty much been designed. We can now play around with throughputs. We can play around with bringing grade forward, providing that we add more ounces. And that's what we're going out to do in the next yeah, 12 to 24 months. Well, you, you mentioned grey there. Obviously, you're down the Seguri Basin, part of the Burimian Greenstone Belt. Um, it is, you know, it, it, there's lots of companies uh, mining there. You sort of know what you're going to get here. What's the chances of actually being able to bump up the, the, the grade somewhat? Because you're, you're sitting in, in, or, in or around the sort of one gram per tonne level. Can you, can you high grade? Can you find better grade? I mean, how, what are, you, what are you hoping for? Look, the, the beauty of shear zone structures is when you're in the shear zone, the grades can be upwards of 100 grams a tonne. When you've got the flexibility on mining those ounces, you can actually 
you can actually stockpile higher grade stuff and blend it through it, it, it you know into the plant as an example you know on our northeast boundary there's cora gold aim listed they've come out with a resource of around 1.15 grams a ton so a little bit higher than us they believe they'll put about 1.2 to 1.4 grams into a, a process plant that they're looking at now in their dfs and that means that certainly as we move to the north there is an opportunity that we could see some some great improvements but within that resource and you know this is this is what i, I want to point out is within that resource there are some very high grade pockets once we have a, a few more ounces to play with we can definitely be more flexible in how we mine this and often what what west african miners do is they mine multiple satellite pits and then eventually join them up into in some of the lower grade stuff later the way we've done it is we've pretty much taken all of our resource all of our reserve and mined it in one great big pit which obviously lowers the grade but it makes the whole cost element lower once we get to more ounces and we can start to be a little bit more selective we can definitely bring the grade up i'm pretty convinced of that okay so and what what is it that people are discounting about you right you're sitting you know on tsx uh, not on the SX yet, but you know, for fifteen cents, it's as low as you've been for a long, long time. Um, but you've kind of you mentioned some of the peers there. You mentioned Cora Gold, Montage Gold, Pasadena, New Newcor. What are they doing that you're not? Because your your EV resource is way behind them. What do you need to do? So, so what we need to do is we need to get on the ASX. What we have seen, Matthew, is um, significant support from those institutions down under from about 18 months ago. They've supported us all through the, 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 the most recent raises and they came in very, very big. In fact, what our major shareholder cornerstone, the, the, the raise this time around. Um, and we've also brought bringing on board some new institutions that are pretty substantial in, 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 in Australia. So I think that our institutional shareholder base now post IPO will look very, very attractive. Um, all of them have been selected and have come in based upon the fact that they see this going bigger and, and potentially into production at some stage later and indicated that they would continue to support in the market. So I, I think that we have a, we have a lot more, a bigger pool of capital to, to look at here, a better understanding from the investors on West Africa. They're not so, um, uh, knee-jerk reaction to the risks that you sometimes get in these parts of the world, you know, as you mentioned earlier, coups and, and, and things like that. And certainly they seem to be um, very willing to, 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 to drive this story forward. So I think there's, there's a great opportunity now to get the message out there. We've obviously got to do a lot of marketing. Um, I was in Perth three or four weeks ago. We had 20, 25 meetings and overwhelmingly they were very positive about the stock. Clearly, there's not much they can do until we're listed. So that's why we're pushing the listing. But hopefully post that, we should start to see some good volumes um, and we should start to see some good support. And I think that providing that we continue to deliver good drill results like we have done over the last two or three years, then I, I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't start to see that re-rate happen fairly quickly. Okay, but it's, but it's all coming through the drill bet, which is going to cost money. So you, you've, you've raised, you talk about the support you've got institutionally now. So much capital are you sitting on? What are you going to do with it in what time frame? Um, well, we we, sh we should have around six or seven million Canadian uh, Australian in the bank post IPO um, or net net money in the bank. So that's after fees and things. Um, we we're putting pretty much all of that into the ground. So that will give us the first fifteen thousand meters of our dual program covered. Um, that covers a 
fairly large area of strike that we're going out to try and try and sort of determine. Um, and if we do do that, then obviously later on we'll raise more money to come back and infield drill. But right now it's it's to show that there's 55 kilometres of shear zones on this property. We've drilled five. What else is there out there? And I think that's really the next step. So next six months or so, I don't think you're going to see a big increase in resource. But what you are going to see is an extension of strike, some good news flow coming out, um, and really for, for people to start to understand the quantum of where we can get to uh, in terms of overall resource. Right. And, and just explain it, because some, sometimes I think retail is a little bit guilty of not quite understanding uh, the the meaning of the strategy that you're going for. So the going after an extension of strikes says, okay, there's a whole bunch more of this stuff over here. But you've got to go to what end, right? Are you trying to get the market excited? Are you trying to make this more attractive for someone else, like a partner, to come in and actually, who do have the balance sheet, to you know start mining this thing? Because like I say, it's already big, how much bigger does it need to get to attract those sorts of people or how many more headlines do you need to uh, generate to kind of drive that share price up? You've got that balancing act today, haven't you? No, we, we have. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a mind builder, Matthew. I'm not, not necessarily a resource geologist. So, you know, I, I, I guess when I sort of been tearing my hair out over the last 18 months of why on earth can't we get this price up because we have a great project here, the market really was just moving more back towards expiration certainly in australia and that's what we were seeing the support from i've mentioned it before the flexibility of more ounces gives you a, a better sort of financial model if you like um, and most definitely we would be very attractive to to somebody as a second or a third project so you know picture the companies that are currently single assets with a little bit of expiration looking for something to bring in quite quickly relatively cheap and hopefully not this cheap um, you know one of the reasons why we've, we've pushed back a little bit on talking to corporates is how much are we going to give this thing away for? And that's certainly not in the interest of shareholders either. But if we can get it re-rated back to where it should be for, for this level of, of, of project, then we would be an exceptionally good project as a second or a third project for, I, I could probably think of five or six off the top of my head that would, would probably find it still very attractive and very cheap. Well, well definitely. I mean, you, they could, <laughs> some, some of the mid-tiers or majors could kind of pick this up, uh, three million answers, for what they'd probably allocate to an expiration budget. It, it's it's super, super cheap. It, just, just talk to me technically uh, about what you understand about the ease of recovery, the metal, in terms of metallurgy, et cetera. Is there anything in there that would put anyone off? That, that, that's the amazing thing about this project. So basically what we did was we did a, We've done two definitive studies in the last three years. And the reason for that was we did the oxides first. Oxides are always the easy ones to do because they typically um, go through a fairly straightforward CIL process. People normally leave the, the fresh rock or the sulfides behind because they can be a little bit more complicated. So between 2020 and 2021, we took, we took a, a, a bulk representative sample across the whole ore, ore body and we put it through sulfide testing and we got recoveries through CIL, the same process plant as the oxides, at 94, 95%. The only differential being that we just have to mill it a little bit finer. So ultimately, what we have here is we have an ore body with oxide, transitional, and sulfides, all of which can go through a very straightforward, very typical West African uh, gravity plus CIL plant. And, and that's the beauty of it. So there's nothing in there that, you know, there's no, no um, penalty minerals like the arsenics and, the, and, and, and things like that. 
Um, there's no refractory. There's no. Um, there's nothing. It's a very simple, straightforward process, which is even made easier because we literally have a geology of oxide sitting on top of transition or sitting on top of sulfide. So we haven't got this whole mixed up ore body that you sometimes see in, in these regions. So, you know, if, if we have to tick all the boxes on, on what we've got, it, 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 it's an amazing project. And I think that's really where we would become very attractive to somebody, um, you know, once they, once they know what we've got. Right. Okay. Well, given the, given the change of strategy, um, I guess one in terms of, of you know, being dual listed, but two in terms of moving away from the trying to get this thing into um, production and into exploration. Uh, have you got existing or standing um, exploration permits or whatever else that you need in country to to manage that slight change of focus? Everything's in place, Matthew. Okay. We, we renewed both our, both our exploration permits last year. We re- renewed our environmental permit last year and our mining permit is valid until 2045. So, you know, we, we've done a pretty good job and, and through, you know, changing governments, as we've seen over the last couple of years, we've done a very good job in, in maintaining those relationships through the government to make sure that we're current on, on everything. So we, 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 we'll probably look to put drill rigs in by end of November, early December. Right. I mean, the, the, the government must be a little bit disappointed because, you know, that would have been jobs, taxes and all sorts of income for them. But do they understand why? Yeah. They're, they're, in fact, I think I've said this before on, on, on these discussions. I, I'm exceptionally impressed with the, with the Mali government in the sense that they have done a great job in growing gold production out of Mali over the last 20 years, more so than almost every single African country. They sit third, fourth in terms of African output. And I think they've got a very responsible mining code. It's very balanced between what the, you know, what the country gets and what the investor gets. And, you know, it, I guess they might be a little bit disappointed, but they still think that Kabada is a great project and they know that at some stage it's going to get built. And, um, you know, I, I'm very encouraged by um, the fact that over the last three to four months, you've seen companies like B2 Gold coming out with $50 million exploration programs to expand their resource in Mali. You've seen Barrick coming out and supporting their operations in Mali and saying that they're typically increasing their, their reserve life further there. And for me, those are the sorts of things that give a lot of encouragement to investors that, that Mali is here for the long run. And I think it's a great country to operate in. Brilliant. Well, look, Danny, look, thanks for the update. Um, good news about the almost ASX uh, listing. Um, <laughs> is there a, what, a couple of weeks, we reckon? I hope it's a couple of weeks, yeah. Okay, well, brilliant. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? Brilliant. Thank you very much, Matthew. Cheers.